morning, everyone. If anyone needs or wants a handout, there's some on the table back there. I, there's a few left. <clears throat> there's at least a couple there, I think. Everybody good? All right. Revelation chapter 18. <clears throat> so here we are, the second coming, part nine. I had no idea it would come to this. <laughs> I started. <laughs> but um, actually, it was thinking about that early today, if everything works right, we should uh, end with part 10. Of course, that could be in four parts, right? No. <laughs> part A, B, C, D. Revelation 18. I'll read the first three verses. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried out with a mighty voice, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, and she has become a dwelling place of demons, and a prison of every unclean spirit, and a prison of every unclean and hateful bird. And all the nations have drunk the wine of the passions of her immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed acts of immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich by the wealth of her sensuality." <clears throat> the other angel coming down out of heaven, having great authority. I believe this, some say that might be Christ himself. I don't think so. Um, he'll come in chapter 19. <laughs> I think what this is, it just refers to another delegated angel who has the authority from God to speak for God. I mean, we see this all the time. Um, I mean, there's angels that uh, that can wield pretty great tremendous power. I mean, you've seen them throughout the Old Testament coming in, knocking people over and a lot of other fun things. Anyway. Donkeys talk. Donkeys talk, yes. <clears throat> that was actually a funny story. But anyway. And the earth was illuminated with his glory. Once again, we've seen this before. The These angels come, represented God, and very often they in essence show the reflective glory of God having like left his presence and that the glory of God kind of follows with them as they announce for God. Remember kind of like Moses, remember when he went up on the on the mountain and his face shone for several days after that and I mean enough to folks where it scared the people down there. Um, but I think of uh, let's look at Luke chapter two. I want to speaking of angels with uh, showing the glory and making announcements. Here's a couple of examples in the Gospel of Luke. Luke 2, 9, 11. We, like I say, we read this one every, every Christmas, and rightly so. Verse 9 says, And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for you, for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there was a there, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So there again, an angel came down, the glory of God shone around him, and what 
came about from that? A tremendous message. Look at Luke 24, verses 4. Another example of this. And there's, there's, these are all over the Bible, but chapter 24, verses 4 and 5. And it happened while they were perplexed about this. These are the, the ladies that showed up at the tomb at the resurrection, after the resurrection. And it happened while they were perplexed about this. Behold, two men, which these were angels, by the way, stood near them in dazzling apparel. Their clothes just kind of dazzled in brightness, in dazzling apparel. And the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, and I love this, why do you seek the living one among the dead? I love that statement. I just love that one. Anyway, but there it is. It's the, again, uh, two angels reflecting the glory of God, announcing uh, a tremendous message from God. And uh, again, this is just not, this is not uncommon. Now, <clears throat> the earth was, it said the earth was illuminated, and uh, which is, again, which would really be bright, because remember back in uh, chapter 16 with the bowl judgments, which again, all this stuff is happening synonym, almost, almost synonymously, just going on. And so in 16.10 to 11, remember, the fifth angel poured out his bowl upon the throne of the beast, okay, and his kingdom became darkened. And they gnawed their tongues because of the pain, and they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and sores and all the other things that have been happening to them. But again, the darkened kingdom, and all of a sudden, here comes brightness. Brightness at the announcement of this angel. And I love it. And, that, and, and he, that's the angel, in verse 2, uh, cried out with a mighty voice. Again, I mean, a mighty voice, that term basically is, is communicating to us that big, booming voice, which will not go unheard in the city. It will not go unheard. And the announcement was, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. Again, which is the exact warning given by a previous angel back in chapter 14, which we won't go back there, but 14.8. What was warned back there is reality now. Here it comes. Remember, in chapter 17, the harlot, the false religious system, wiped out. Okay, And we found out that they even used some of these kings to wipe that harlot out. All right, which again is not an uncommon practice. Now, in in verse 2 of Revelation 18, we see the moral depravity of Babylon described. I mean, think, you know, if you're out searching for a new place to buy a house, check this out. Is this where you (laughs) want to go? And he cried with my fallen, fallen is Babylon, and she, that's Babylon, has become a dwelling place of demons a prison of every unclean spirit. Again, in Babylon, that was once the home of demons, is now their prison. Because remember, they're going to get plowed under too. They're going to be judged as well. We'll, just, um, <clears throat> well let's look at Revelation 20. Just sneak ahead there. Verses 1 through 3. It says, I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having a key to the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. 
and threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over so that he should not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years is over. But Satan locked in the abyss. I got to think these demons are going to be locked in the abyss with them. Because when we get into the kingdom, Christ comes, Christ is on the throne, there'll be no demons in his kingdom. He is the one soul. When he gets here, he'll be the one king over the entire globe. Okay? And I mean, and that is it. There'll be, it's kind of like the old Western movies. There's no room for the two of us in this town. (laughs) And when Christ comes back, he is it. He is it. There's not even a second place. He is the one and only king. And as scriptures record, he will rule with a rod of iron. And we'll see that when we get to that. Now, and we look at the, uh, the and it says, a prison of every unclean and hateful bird. That was kind of a strange one. Uh, <clears throat> the, the phrase emphasizes, number one, Babylon's total destruction. Um, but the unclean and hateful birds, I believe, and this is what many of them believe and others say, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> Uh, refer to the birds of prey, like scavengers that you, they circle over and then feed off the dead bodies. Kind of a hateful bird. And when you talk about unclean and hateful bird, think of this in the sense of the Jewish dietary laws. Okay? Birds of prey are not on the menu. Of course, I don't think they're on the menu in our day either, are they? You know, like, what are you having for, for lunch? Oh, barbecued buzzard. You know, no, no. <laughs> you know, we just, that's just not something we uh, go to first. Now, <clears throat> and then the reason for destruction is, well, verse 3. For all the nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed acts of immorality with her, and merchants of the earth have become rich on the wealth of her sensuality. You know, again, things like you know, sensuality, the, the, the allurement of the luxurious life, the sensuality, the, the, the luxurious living is really what that's talking about. And again, remember the religious system and the political commercial system were merged into one. It was, and it was all the, the sensual activity and the paganism of the religion was the paganism of the town, was paganism of the country that there were and again the whole place was perverted again you, you don't have to think back too far but just all these pay, just look at our country anymore okay we don't have a uh, a church uh, that is a state church you know yet um, if if there was one from the political people if, if there was a state religion it would be in my opinion be atheism much like, cause they're much like the communist systems, <clears throat> where God just is not an issue to them, isn't the thought in their thinking process. And again, now, verses 4 and 5, we have a call for, Babel, for God's people to, to leave Babylon. This one kind of actually surprised me by reading it, but 4 and 5 says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you may not participate in her sins, and that you may not receive her plagues. For her sins have piled up as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Again, the warning. 
my people could be comparable, and a lot of them think that this makes a little bit of sense, could be comparable to the removal of Lot from Sodom, remember? Before I bring judgment on Sodom, I'm going to get what few people there are of mine out there, and so it was Lot, basically. And, uh, And also, this could be a warning like this, 2 Corinthians 6, this is where some folks believe, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 14 through 18, where it says, and again, this is Paul to the Corinthians, and by extension to all of us, do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among their midst, and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. And I, and I will welcome you, and I will be, the, be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. It could be just a call to say, just, you know, get out of there. I think more, it's more of a lot situation, because... Uh, that would have been a message <laughs> to give them months ago, years ago. And uh, so I think it's more of a lot. Somebody's in there, or, and this is another real possibility too, it was an evangelistic call to the elect that have not yet come to saving faith. It could actually be that. Take your pick. Could be all of the above. But it's just saying, hey, my people, which means that refers to save people, it's time to get out, whatever the bottom line reason is. So these, and so these this is another of showing us that there are people saved during the tribulation. Time. Absolutely. Well, just, just think back to the, uh, we've studied this before, the, uh, in Matthew 24, 25, the mm-hmm. judgment of the sheep and the goats. He comes back, there's a judgment. Goats, gone, sheep, walk into the kingdom. So, yeah, there's going to be, there's going to be. Matter of fact, the tribulation period is horrible and as horrid as it's going to be. Also, within that seven-year period, there is a, it's a massive worldwide revival also. The word gets out there. And we've seen in past lessons, you know, the, the angel that flies over, you got the 144,000, you got the two witnesses that draw a lot of attention. For two and a half years, they go around preaching to the point where the people that don't buy the gospel hate them. And remember when they, when they were finally allowed, killed, remember they, 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 had a, they had a celebration and they gave gifts like Christmas, like Happy Dead Witnesses Day. I mean, it was just crazy. I mean, it's going to be nutty. And it, it, uh, but no, the word's out there. There'll, there'll be, and it says, in a, specifically about the tribulation period, the gospel will be given to every tribe, tongue, and nation, people. It's going to go, it's going to go worldwide. Again, whatever we do in the church age, it's, the gospel in that time period is, all, is going to go around again. And it's going to hit everybody. And no... Again, no one is going to have an excuse. There'll be none with an excuse.
Now, I find it very interesting. For her sins have piled up as high as heaven. Broadway, my mind went back to the Tower of Babel. What did they want to do? They want to build that tower all the way to the heavens. <laughs> you know, all the way to the heavens. And uh, yeah, I, I find that ironic. <clears throat> and then verse 6 to 8, there's a call for judgment. A call for judgment. Pay, um, the, the wording here is, is interesting. Pay her back even as she has paid, and give back to her double according to her deeds in the cup which she has mixed twice as much for her. To the degree that she glorified herself and lived sensuously, to the same degree give her torment and mourning. For she says in her heart, I sit as a queen, and I am not a widow, and I will never see mourning. That is not good mourning, but sorrowful mourning, that kind of mourning. For this reason, in one day, her plagues will come, pestilence and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire, for the Lord God who judges her is strong. Okay. I think that pay her back even as she has paid. I, I can't help but thinking of this. You know, uh, we're told in Scripture, somebody does you wrong, let God do it. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Here it comes. Here it comes. The statement parallels the prayer in Revelation 6. Remember the uh, martyred saints under the altar? Let's go back and take a look at them. I mean, we read about this, and it's just sometimes it's hard to keep in mind that these people that we're reading about here may not even be born yet. I mean, for for almost, uh, you know, for over 1,900 years, people reading this were reading it before these people were born. We could still be in that that same uh, same time frame. Uh, Revelation 6, 9, he says, and he, and, he, and he broke the fifth seal, and I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained and they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Wow. Kind of reminds you of some of those imprecatory psalms where in the song they, that uh, some of the psalms were, were praying to God, Lord, judge those evil people. You know, there's, there's several psalms that come out with that. And again, we've got to go back and think about wrath is also an attribute of God. You know, it is. Wrath. It's tied to his holiness and his righteousness and his justice. You know, if if wrath weren't there, his his justice would be out of balance. See, God is in perfect, perfect balance. And speaking of his attributes, that one attribute that's kind of like the crown jewel is holiness that kind of encapsulates the person of God and uh, wrath things that violate his holiness have to be dealt with now and where it says and give back double according to her deeds in the cup which she mixed mixed twice as much for her well let's compare that with the harlot in 17 1 through 6 same thing there 
And one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed acts of immorality. Those who dwell on the earth were made drunk with the wine of her immorality. And, and he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, full of blasphemies, names having seven heads and ten horns, and the woman was clothed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a, a cup, a gold cup, full of abominations and unclean things of her morality, and of the unclean things of her morality. And upon her forehead a name was written, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and, and of the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus, and I saw her and wondered greatly. But there, the harlot false religious system was killing God's people, just like the uh, evil political commercial system was killing God's people. The church state, it was a church state, and so therefore believers are enemies of that church state. We see this in history's past. The church has been, ever since its founding, ever since a few days after Pentecost, it was, uh, it was persecuted by religious leaders, it is persecuted by political leaders, all through history, all through history. You look around the Reformation, the Reformation, they were persecuted by the Catholic Church, they were persecuted by some kings, I mean, it's just all through history. It's just kind of back and forth, back and forth. What do you have now? They're, Christians are persecuted by the communist political systems in communist countries. They're persecuted by such religions as Islam, okay, in Islamic countries that uh, can get away with it. So there you go. It, it, nothing's changed, and nothing will change, and it's going to carry that way all the way through to the end till the Lord says, enough. That's it. That's it. And verse 7 and 8 make it perfectly clear that um, Babylon's judgment will be swift and complete. Let's look at Isaiah 47, 7 to 15. Interesting. Forty-seven, verse seven. <clears throat> Speaking, this is the Isaiah prophesying Babylon's ultimate demise, not the one, not the Babylon we're talking about, but the Babylon that took Judah captive. And this is Isaiah prior to even the captivity. <laughs> okay? But there's some, some interesting parallels here. You said I shall be, you said, speaking about Babylon, you said I shall be a queen forever. Interesting. In Revelation is reaching back to this predicted judgment, predicting the last Babylon's judgment, okay? Because again, 
you, you go all the way back to the Tower of Babel. Remember, she's the mother of, religiously speaking, the mother of all harlots. That very first uh, pagan religious system was the Tower of Babel. And that just that system just kept spreading and spreading and spreading and spreading till finally it comes to a boiling point and God just takes it out. Just takes it out. Okay. <clears throat> these things did not these things you did not consider, nor remember the, the outcome of them. Now let the let them hear this let them now then hear this, you sensual one, you know, hot shot, who dwells securely. Who says in your heart, I am, I am, and there is none beside me. What does that sound interesting? What does God say? I am, and there's none beside me. <laughs> okay. Um, I shall not sit as a widow, nor shall I know the loss of children. But these two things shall come on you, but these two things shall come on you suddenly in one day. Loss of children and widowhood. They, they shall come on you in full measure in spite of your many sorceries. Interesting again. In spite of your great power, your spells, you shall, you, and you felt secure in your wickedness and said, No one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge, they have deluded you. For you have said in your heart, I am, and there is none beside me, but evil will come on you, which you will not know how to charm away. <laughs> how to charm away, you know? Um, and disaster will fall on you for which you cannot atone. And destruction about which you do not know will come on you suddenly. Stand fast now in your spells and in your many sorceries which you have labored from your youth. Perhaps you will be able to profit. Perhaps you may cause, cause trembling. You are wearied with your many counsels. Let now, your, let now the astrologers, those who prophesy by the stars, those who predict by the new moon, stand up and save you from what will come upon you. The uh, inference there is lots of luck. <laughs> Behold, they shall have become like stubble. Fire burns them. They cannot deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There will be no coal no to warm by, no fire to sit before. So have, those, so have those become to you with whom you have labored, who have trafficked with you from your youth. Each has wandered in his own way. There is none to save you. That's Isaiah predicting the future. Even before Babylon comes in and takes Judah captive. <clears throat> the ultimate fate. You're going to go down. And then we're going to pick up on that a little bit more uh, <laughs> where it says in one day the plagues will come upon you. It's that we've seen that that phrase before. In one day, that means like wow, fast. It's like just suddenly, boom, all at once. It's there, bang. You're you're out. You're out. It's like that knockout punch. Boom, down. <laughs> you know they're they're gone. Now nine through nineteen. The world mourns for Babylon. Well, the kings of the earth, verse 9 and 10, it says, And the kings of the earth uh, who committed acts of immorality and lived sensuously with her will weep and lament over her when they see the smoke of her burning, standing at a distance because of the fear of her torment, saying, Woe, woe, the great city Babylon, the strong city, for in one hour your judgment has come. There again, in one hour means, did it take a whole hour? No, that, that's not what it's talking about. It means, again, all at once, here it came. I mean, bang. <laughs> the biggest, wealthiest city, 
of that time in an instant. It's just gone. It's just taken out. Just taken out. Um, these kings uh, are the ones that have been spoken about all through chapter 17. Also, I think it would include the ten kings that uh, make up the Antichrist Confederacy. Because, again, this is it. This is, this is crunch time for them. They're all going to get knocked out. They're all going. They're all going. And it says, where the kings will be standing at a distance because of the fear of her torment. <laughs> they see what's going on. Unlike Belshazzar of, the, of Babylon of old, you know, these kings will understand the uh, writing on the wall. <laughs> they can see, oh, this isn't looking good. <laughs> you know, they see the smoke burning, you know. It's uh, time to head to the Bahamas or something. It's gone. And then they're saying, whoa, whoa. That's just a big cry of grief. Like, oh, it's all gone. <clears throat> it's all gone. Yeah, yeah, the party's over. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, they're gone. They're gone. It's all gone. Everything they hope for, which is all materialistic, it's all gone. And then the merchants of the earth, verse, uh, <clears throat> let's, let's jump to uh, verse 19. Um, well, let me just hit 11 real quick. Uh, read about, And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn over her because no one buys her, their cargoes anymore. The cargoes of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and and purple and silk and scarlet and every kind of um, citron wood and every article of ivory and every article made from costly wood and bronze and iron and marble and cinnamon and spice and incense and perfume and frankincense and wine and olive oil and the fine flour, wheat and cattle, sheep, cargoes of horses, chariots, and slaves and human lives. And the fruit... And, and the fruit you long for has gone from you, and all the things that were luxurious and splendid have passed away from you, and men will no longer find them. The merchants of these things who became rich from her will stand at a distance because of the fear of her torment, weeping and mourning, saying, they're singing a, a familiar song, Woe, woe, the great city. She who has clothed, she who was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour such great wealth has been laid waste. <clears throat> Man, and it just goes on. And every shipmaster, and every passenger, and sailor, and and as many as make their living by the sea, stood at a distance and were crying out as they saw the smoke of her burning, <clears throat> saying. What city is like the great city? And they threw and they threw dust on their heads and were crying out, weeping and mourning, saying, Woe, woe, the great city in which all who had ships at sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she has been laid waste. We'll stop right there. Just going to pick up a few things because it's so self-explanatory. I mean, they're just, everything's gone. Everything's gone. I find it interesting. Slaves and human lives literally translates bodies and souls of men. But they're talking about trafficking of slaves. It's slave trafficking. It's going to come back. As a matter of fact, it's going on now in some places. So um, it's not, it never really left, actually. Um, <clears throat> and then for one hour, such great wealth has been laid waste. You know, they cried, woe, woe, for the loss of their wealth. 
I see through this whole thing when the, when the heathen perks up and complains and moans. Never do we hear or read an expression of sorrow for the loss of human life. Well, they trafficked in human life. So, eh, another commodity to them. What's, what, are they, what are they mourning? Their loss of money, income, wealth. Also, the shipmasters mourn for the loss of their lucrative income, right? Throwing dust in the air. That's symbolic of severe distress. They were really stressed over it. I mean, we see that example, we won't go there, in, in Lamentations, where they, they, they mourned in dust and ashes. Well, in Lamentations, they were witnessing the destruction of Jerusalem, for crying out loud. That is something to mourn. They weren't, you know, but these people weren't, oh, we got no more income. Well, as they say in Argentina, tough toenails. <laughs> now, <laughs> moving... <laughs> A technical term. <laughs> okay, verse 20. We have just enough time, I do believe. Rejoice over her, O heaven. Wow, there's a change. They're mourning. Heaven's, heaven's told, hey, you rejoice. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, because God has pronounced judgment for you against her. It's It's like... In this one big final judgment of this harlot religion and this harlot civilization or or country or political malfunction, (laughs) Um, rejoice literally means make merry. Make merry. It's the same word used in Revelation 11 where the two witnesses, when they were killed, rejoiced. They made merry and passed and, hand, and handed each other gifts. Okay, so anyway, make merry. Why? Where it says, oh heaven, that's just all of heaven. Right? Including the angels and the saints. Whoever's in heaven, rejoice. Okay, and it's a time of rejoicing. The apostles and prophets. Now, these there are no apostles and prophets raised up in the tribulation period. It's going back to the apostles and prophets who are described as in... Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, we won't turn there, but, you know, as part of the foundation of the church itself, Christ being the chief cornerstone, but you, apostles and prophets, all, all this, for all the persecution from you all the way through the church age, this is now recompense. This is now where, you get it, again, this is now when, where vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, he brings it upon them. And there's everybody also individually will be answering for their sin, um, unbelievers in hell. But, again, it's just like rejoice. Because, again, the cry in chapter 6, the cry for, when, O Lord, when, O Lord. Remember the souls under the altar. Uh, well, here it comes. Here it comes. And then, verse 21 to 24 and a strong angel took up a, a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus will Babylon, the, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will not be found any longer. This is just like, like this is an, an illustration. And it would take a great angel to pick up a millstone. Okay, those millstones were four to five feet in diameter. I mean, we're talking about stone, carved out of stone. We're four and five feet in diameter, about 12 inches thick. That's one hunk of stone. Okay. 
and it weighed a couple thousand pounds. So you imagine, that's one hefty angel. <laughs> and verse 22, the sound of the harpist, musicians, flute players, trumpeters will be heard <clears throat> will not be heard any longer, and no craftsman, any craft will be found in her any longer, and the sound of the sound of uh, a mill will not be heard any longer, and the light the lamp will not be shining in you any longer, and the voice of the bridegroom and bride will not be heard in you any longer, for you for your merchants were were the great men of the earth, because all of the nations were deceived by your sorcery. In other words, they're all gone, and they will be all gone too. Okay, the merchants and, and that are whaling and the sailors and the shipmasters that are whaling, they're going to be all gone too. And then verse 24, and here's why. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of the saints and of all who have been slain on the earth. Again, it's, as it starts out, this is payback time. It's payback. It's payback. It's, again, it's, again, the reason... The reasons for this destruction are just restated here again in, in verses uh, 20, 23, 22, 23, 24. You know, again, because they, they, people bought into that evil system, promoted that evil system, harlotries, uh, forgot about God, mocked God like they do today. Basically, uh, much like those that, that uh, anyway, we don't have to do it. But again, the ultimate apostate, religion comes up. It's just like all of them rolled into one, just just fester, and God just takes them out. And on that cheery note, let's close the word of prayer. Father God, we again, we thank you, Lord, for your justice. And for us in here especially, we thank you for your mercy. We are glad you didn't give us justice, but instead gave us mercy. And we thank you, Jesus, for taking the justice upon yourself. Amen.